Lucy Caldwell. I work for the Fairfax County Public Schools. Our Healthy Minds podcast is an opportunity to learn from some of the top psychologists, social workers, and counselors in the field of education. They work on the front lines in our school division of over 189,000 students. In the daily course of their work, they see and hear extraordinary stories of bravery and courage and strength among our diverse students and staff. With their work, they support the well-being of children and their families in the face of adversity, and they help them build themselves up, equipping them with knowledge and skills to cope with the toughest or even the everyday struggles and strains. Each week, you'll hear interviews with our team and hopefully take away information that can help you to be a better parent, friend, neighbor, or just feel a little bit better about yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Healthy Minds Podcast. Today we're going to talk about managing feelings around uncertainty and about making a choice to find joy and how to take steps that can help us through times that, well, they haven't felt all that great lately. We'll look at how we can build ourselves and those we care about up just a little bit. Joining me today is Beth Werfel, and she's an FCPS school psychologist. She's been working for FCPS since 1997, when FCPS was just starting to use email. And now look at us. We're taping podcasts. We're doing online instruction. Beth has worked with students at the preschool, elementary, middle, and high school levels. And she's currently assigned to McLean High School. She lives with her husband and two teenagers, so she's familiar with the demands of trying to maintain that work-life balance. What keeps her resilient, in case you're wondering, is exercise, reading, spending time outdoors, and listening to podcasts. Thank you, Beth, for being here. Oh, you're so welcome, Lucy. Thanks for inviting me. Sure. Um, We're going to talk a little bit today about uncertainty. What what do you think about that, and, and what are your reflections on uncertainty that we're seeing right now? Well, that's a great question um, and a great way to describe what we're experiencing and what we've have had experience have been experiencing since March when things started to shut down these are really uncertain times and for many of us uncertainty feels really really uncomfortable you know having lived and worked in this area for many many years and kind of my innate personality I tend to be more type a And so um, I like to have a lot of control. I like to be busy. I like to achieve and get things done. And in this environment, when we um, have have lost opportunities um, and, you know, don't know what may come from one day to the next or one hour to the next, so many things are, are changing right before our eyes, it's... It's really, it can be really, really uncomfortable. What are some of the things you've done to handle uh, uncertainty in yeah. the, these times and, and maybe your kids and uh, people you know and your students? Yeah, I wanted to um, share a little bit at my bedside table, probably like many people, there's a stack of books right. and that stack of books is pretty dusty and it's been sitting there for, for a while. Um, but a book that um, 
was sitting at my bedside for years is called Comfortable with Uncertainty. That's the title, mm-hmm. Comfortable with Uncertainty by Pema Chodron. And um, probably March 16th or 17th, I was like, oh, this this might be a good time for me to pick up that book. <laughs> I That's might right. learn something. Perfect. I might need it right now. Right. Um, so it's just a book of short essays about how to kind of live a more open kind of wholehearted life and um did you put any of that to use I I have I I have like what? I'll tell you um being more in the present and I've been a big fan and proponent of mindfulness for years but really like in this day and age I mean we can't plan right I mean right. we can plan a little those empty calendars yeah. on the kitchen wall yeah. on your phone it's right. tough right and and just with you know world events and national events and local events just happening that just seem seem pretty negative sometimes it's really easy to go to a really dark anxious place mm-hmm. and so what's helped me is when i see myself kind of headed toward those darker more anxious kind of feelings I, I have to reset and acknowledge that okay I don't have any control over what's what's happening outside of what's happening really in our home and I need to pull myself back into the present and think about what I can control and manage in the present um, do you have an example of some some time that happened to you oh yeah let's see good question um, probably with uh, you know, what many of us parents of school-age kids are going through, um, trying to think about what their school schedule will look like yeah. in the fall. Right. And so, you know, thinking, oh, uh, you know, am I going to sign my daughter up to do the hybrid or am I going to sign her up to do the all virtual? And, you know, being upset that, you know, for, for, for no one, you know, it's no one's fault, but that, you know, in-person school is not an option right now. So, I right. like I can't control what school's going to look like right. for anyone right. in the fall. So I just have to be in the present and do what I can right now to, you know, make sure my daughter is is healthy, physically healthy and emotionally healthy um and and prepared to learn whether it's at home all virtual or or hybrid at some point. Some, what are some of the ways you're doing that? So what I'm hearing you say is sort of a, you're channeling that anxiety and those feelings of uh, uncertainty yeah. into activities and into something you can do here and now. Um, what's an example of maybe what you've well, uh, done with your daughter or maybe what some of your students might be doing that you hear about? I think a real concrete example is getting familiar with the technology. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I'm going to be working in a in kind of a virtual platform. So learning how to use the technology tools, whether it's Blackboard Collaborate Ultra or Google or Google Classroom, um, being familiar with what my children will be using in terms of digital technology tools. Um, and I know um, our Office of Technology is offering um, supports for, for families and s- individual schools will be offering sessions for parents and students on how to um, learn how to use the tech tools for the upcoming school year. But that's something we have control over right now. That's right. That's right. And even just reading about it maybe and researching. Right, right. Right. And, and it is you you're sort of what I'm hearing you say is you're looking for opportunities. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. The silver linings. Looking for the silver linings. That's what we have to do, right? And I think the other thing, you know, right now we have some control over or, or, or you know, many of us who are fortunate have control over is, you know, where that study space or workspace is going to be in our homes. So what does that look like? Yeah, right. When mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. multiple people trying to work and go to school in your house, what does that look like? So f- carving out a little space, whether that's in your your bedroom or in your basement where y- you will have some privacy, um, you will be able to work without a lot of interruptions. Um, I think that's something we can kind of take a little control over. Um, and the other thing is just letting some things go right like if uh you know I'm on uh in a virtual meeting and I'm in the basement and my kids come down because they want to um watch tv or or get soda from the fridge in the basement like that could happen and it is what it is like everyone has has things going on in their homes that we're not going to be able to completely kind of keep out of the picture when we're doing work online. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's been interesting transition, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, do you feel that a lot of the students that you work with, how are they doing overall? Um, you know, that's a really good question. And I'm going to tie that back into kind of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, um, and how is it, our staff, how is our staff keeping in touch with students and... I know that we're offering consultations through right. several different offices of psychology and social work and counseling. And how does that look for fall? What what can we help parents or students who might be listening to know right. about consultations? Um, how do they set them up? What do they need to know? What will what are these about? Why would someone come to you all for a consultation? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's a great opportunity for parents and students right now to um, request a consultation with a school psychologist or a school social worker. And those have been ongoing over this summer. Um, I'm not 100% sure how that will look when the school year starts. However, I am 100% sure that every school in Fairfax County public school system has a school psychologist, a school social worker, and school counselors assigned to that school building. And um, the school psychologists, social workers, and counselors are absolutely accessible um, via email um, and are able to set up appointments, whether it's a phone call appointment or an appointment through Google Meet or some other virtual video and audio platform. We, we are here to help support our students. And I think to go back to your question about how our students are feeling, uh, it, for me, it feels really uncomfortable because I don't actually know mm-hmm. I know a little bit about how some students are doing and, and some are doing well and thriving uh, and using this time to you know pursue hobbies and interests and and learn new skills and get a little more sleep and not feel so stressed out about academics um, but I also you know I'm pretty certain that there are plenty of students out there who are really really struggling whether it's emotionally or physically or just socially, you know, being disconnected. Um, and, and that feels really uncomfortable for me, knowing that there are kids out there and families um, that are in need. So we want them to know where they can go and get help. Reach out to your school psychologist or school social worker or counselor to get help. 
And that's one of the the uh, issues I think that hopefully our listeners are tuning in to hear uh, maybe advice on what they can do. Let's say they have a neighbor and they see certain behaviors or maybe a niece or a nephew mm-hmm. or, you know, the child down the street who used to run up and down the street and go jogging or be a part of a team. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that's not there anymore. What can families and friends and family uh, family members do Maybe it's not their child, but what can they do when they sort of see something or recognize? What what should they look for? And if they see something, what should they do? Yeah, yeah. If um, you know someone is someone is sensing there might be a concern with um, a friend or a family member or, like you said, a neighbor, or just someone in their community, um, I would encourage them to to take a risk and and reach out to that person. It might be a little uncomfortable, but just reach out and say, hey, you know, I just want you to know I'm here. Um, I care about you. These are hard times. I'm having a hard time. You know, it helped me when someone reached out to me. Please let me know, you know, if there's anything I can help you with or anything you need. And, um, you know, if they, I think most people really appreciate knowing that someone recognized that something might be wrong. The typical day, probably as a school psychologist in a high school, what does that look like for you in the normal times? And what do you think it's going to look like in the virtual times? High school is generally pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a normal day can be filled with uh, meetings, whether they're local screening meetings or special education related meetings. Um, and when what do we mean by me? Oh, go ahead. What do we mean? I'm sorry. What do we mean by screenings? Maybe yeah, some listeners so, and some parents might not be familiar with that. Yeah. What does a screening look like? I'm glad. When does that go into effect? And um, let's say you want one. How right, do you know right, to go get one? Screening meetings will still continue in a virtual um, school environment. So I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, local screening um, committees are. Uh, um, in every single school in FCPS mm-hmm. and um, for parents, teachers or students who have concerns about their child's learning or their behavior or their social and emotional functioning, they can request a meeting with this team of experts, um, which includes um, a teacher, administrator, uh, special education teacher, psychologist, social worker, um, sometimes maybe the uh, uh, yeah, the school counselor definitely is included. But anyway, this, this team meets with the parent and discusses the concerns that they may have regarding their child or the teacher's concerns that they're um, seeing in the classroom, whether it's a virtual classroom or an in-person classroom. And then, um, you know, it can be a problem-solving team. You know, these. This is the information we have. We're concerned about um, this or that, and this is how we want to help support your child. Um, and often, you know, the support suggestions can be, you know, maybe more informal accommodations or supports, or you know, based on the level of concern, might warrant an evaluation to see if a student may have a disability that would require special education services. Um, or some sort of physical or mental challenge that would require formal accommodations through something such as a 504 accommodation plan. It's good to know, I think, for parents and for listeners that these screenings 
uh, can be at a parent's request. Absolutely. And that we do at FCPS have those services because so much information is coming to parents. Um, it can be overwhelming, and it's coming from so many different sources. We're a very large school system. So I think to hear it from you and to hear what those screenings are and how they can be requested is very, very helpful. You know, when you look at some of the issues that are taking place right now and just the isolation and uh, lack of connections, um, I worry about anxiety and loneliness mm -hmm. in children and in all people, really, mm -hmm. and in depression. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people look at the term depression and they use it very lightly. What do you have to say about that? And, and what does a real depression look like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because depression and anxiety are the two most common mental health challenges that adults and children experience. Um, and you We've seen an increase um, over time, over the you know the past few years, in terms of higher rates of anxiety among kids, as well as depression among um, our youth. So, um, I mean, a good thing is that people are talking about it more. That's right. Right. Our, even our kids are talking a lot more. They're so much more knowledgeable about um, mental health and the the importance of doing things to take care of oneself. Um, so that's good. Um, I also a, a acknowledge your point about people using words like I'm so depressed yeah. when it's not necessarily at a clinical level of depression, um, but maybe just a, a feeling of sadness that one's had for a for a day or a, short a low period mood of time. yeah which is understandable it because is. of what's happening it right is. now yeah. right right I think many people are experiencing kind of a low grade um, maybe drop part of in it, mood maybe part of it's about um, our expectations that people we expect to be happy we expect to feel happy um, but right now it's okay not to feel that and yeah. at all times yeah uh, it's okay to accept your moods yeah. do you have any thoughts about that and you know just to remind parents and listeners yeah it's it's okay to not be okay it's okay not to be okay I think we've we've heard that message quite a bit right. recently um you know we're humans right so a couple of things right about being human. One, we're made to feel emotion because emotion helps us make decisions to protect that help protect us, right? Um, right. So humans are made to feel emotion. There's no, there's no right or wrong emotion. And you know, one of the best things that we can do if we're feeling sad or we're feeling scared is to just note that to ourselves, just mm -hmm. recognize it and honor that we're feeling anxious at that moment. Um, and if you wanna try to shift that emotion, you can, but if you wanna sit with anxiety for a little bit, it's completely understandable that you'd wanna sit with that emotion for a while. Yeah, and, it, and not try to just distract it or yeah. make it go away. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. There's probably something uh, that you learn about as a professional that the rest of us don't know. Mm -hmm. What does that do when you sit with it for a minute it, and you and you let yourself feel? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I mean, probably a couple of things, right? Like 
it just notes that you're human, mm-hmm. right? You're not perfect. Your mm-hmm. life is not perfect. Mm-hmm. At this time, we can't make anything perfect. There's no such thing as perfect, but especially in in, right. in this in this time that we're living through. Right. Um, but it also allows us to not just shove things down and keep shoving things down and shoving things down and things, I mean, emotion. Right. And then we get to the point where we lose it, but we probably would lose it at the wrong time or with the wrong people. Right. So, you know, I'm thinking about, um, you know, our relationships with the people that we do see on a regular basis, like the people that live in our house, right? Mm-hmm. Like in order to, to maintain those, those relationships, people. <laughs> right? Yeah, we have yeah. to acknowledge feelings we're having about things that they might be saying or doing or not doing. And then we have to use our words to communicate with um, those loved ones that we live with. Well, when you talk about that, (laughs) it makes you, uh, it reminds us that we are with our families probably a lot more than we have been in many, many years. Uh, So many students and families are used to working, used to going to school or perhaps being part of a team or a a community and activity out in the with the church or with another civic organization or volunteering. So people are used to being very, very busy Mm -hmm. and the breaks were thrown on. Mm -hmm. How did that impact relationships and how are you hearing from some of your clients maybe or others that there is an impact on relationships and do you have suggestions Mm -hmm. for, you know, this continued pattern of togetherness with the people who live in our homes or perhaps with a very small group of people. Um, We are being asked, you hear it on the news and on the radio every day, stay home, stay home. And so we're hearing those messages, but sometimes home isn't a place people want to be for many reasons. So how how do we cope with that? And what do we do? Yeah, so... I, I mean, I wish I had all the magic answers. I can talk a little <laughs> bit about here. some things um, for parents to try. Um, for parents, I would recommend as best you can try to be a good listener to your kids. That's right. Just listen, nod your head, validate, mm-hmm. even if you don't really agree with what your child might be saying or you don't get it really just be there with your child and let them talk Um, you don't have to solve their problems for them a lot of times kids really just want someone to kind of vent to that's right they really just want they and they want to feel heard that's right they want to feel heard like all of us right right? absolutely Mm -hmm. oh so i have to ask you as we move on towards near the end of this podcast, Mm -hmm. what does healthy communication look like? Um, Listening more Mm -hmm. and talking less. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the phrase, tell me more. So if I'm talking with a student and they, they bring up something, I just say, tell me more. I love that. I'm going to use that. I, I did steal that from an author. That's I okay. can't think of her name right now. I can picture her. But there's a book called Tell Me More. So if anyone wants to Google that book. I um, really like that idea. You get a lot of good information that way. 
Um, I will say that, um, especially with tweens and teens, mm-hmm. um, if parents are in a situation where they're not making direct eye contact with their child, mm-hmm. their child may open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So They're usually um, looking at the phones, maybe. Maybe looking at the <laughs> And phones, maybe the parents are looking at maybe, the phones. Yes. So yeah. thinking about technology and putting, finding some time to put your phones down. Yeah. Um, but really in the kind of those unstructured times, maybe if you're out walking the dog or um, checking on them when they go to bed yeah. um, or, I don't know, putzing around in the kitchen, yeah, um, teens might open up a little bit more. I've also found, this has worked in my house anyway, is asking my kids what's trending on TikTok or what's trending on Snapchat, if there's anything interesting that's popped up. Great idea. Great oh my idea. gosh, they will talk. Yeah. Because there's that's what they're that's what they're spending hopefully not all of their time doing, <laughs> but some time, right? Like that's a big yeah. part of um our tweens and teens lives is social media. So ask them what they're seeing and what's going on and be curious about it. That's a great idea. What about their social media? Do you feel that's a good idea to take a peek at their Twitter accounts or their Instagrams? How do people how do people look at that? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That might I, be another whole I podcast. Know. Let's hold yeah, on to that a good one. Topic. It's I a think good I'm going to hold on to okay. that one for the next okay. time. All right. But um, I really appreciate you being here and taking a few minutes out of your schedule as you prepare uh, with your team to go back to the virtual start of the school year. And I hope you'll come back. And I'm really excited to hear from our listeners. And to hear what topics you'd like to know about. What do you need to know? Did today's discussion spur anything? Any thoughts? Any help for you? Um, And I'm going to ask three quick questions. I'm going to call this the final three. And I think it's interesting to talk to people who've spent their lives, a good chunk of their lives, studying other people. Um, I think it's a, fun to hear back from them because they've spent all their lives as a psychologist or a social worker asking other people questions. So it's kind of fun to hear from them. If you were in a movie about your life, who would play you? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like my life's <laughs> movie worthy. It's pretty boring for the most part. But let's see. Um Gosh, I'd probably love to say Emma Stone because I just think she's adorable. Um, yeah, your hair, you've got the little, uh, yeah. the reddish tint there. I don't know. Um, Natalie Portman, maybe? Oh, like another good one. Yeah. I don't know. What don't TV know. show question. are you What TV show are you binging on now? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, shows are a big part of my life right now. Yeah. Um, I would say my favorite show that I'm binging right now is Friday Night Lights. Oh. My daughter and I are watching it together. Oh, so. a favorite. Oh my gosh, so much fun. And she was a doubter. Yeah. She did not think she was going right. to like the show. She thought it was going to be all about football. Right. And she's totally hooked and in. So oh, that's I love been it. Really fun. That's how I was with Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it took a me a while. Yeah, it was, it was a bit much, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I started. Um, and then the third thing, what's the career accomplishment you're most proud of? Oh, good question. Good question. There's so many great opportunities I've had working in FCPS. Um, I'd have to say um, probably five or six years ago, uh, we were able to get some therapy dogs to visit McLean High School. 
Awesome. And I, I think we we were probably one of the first schools in FCPS to have therapy dogs visit. And That's awesome. It was a huge hit and such a huge hit that the past school year we had therapy dogs visit once a month. Um, Reduce that stress, yeah, right? Yeah, they were called the wellness waggers, <laughs> and they're adorable. And I love it. Um, so I'm I'm pretty proud of I love being it. able to to. Um, get some therapy dog visits. I love that. Schools. That's great. Well, that's another silver lining for the virtual. People will be home with their dogs, dogs if they win. have them and or Cats their pets lose, or stuffed animals. Yeah. yeah, they'll be home to, uh, to have that. But again, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everyone who's listening. And please send your suggestions to healthyminds at fcps.edu. We really look forward to hearing from you.